and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. On this podcast that you have <laughs> fortunately, hopefully, subscribed to, please subscribe. You sounded like a robot there for a second. Oh. On this podcast that you are hopefully subscribed to. Subscribe. Don't tell people I'm a robot, then they'll know. But you're not a robot. Shh. You're an android. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be Data from Star Trek. Okay. You just want a headband around your eyes? No, that's Jordy. Oh, my bad. I don't know. I don't watch Star Trek. Oh, my God. Girl. Girl. Okay. On this podcast, (laughs) good thing. We're watching uh, romantic comedies in chronological order through the ages. My husband is embarrassed of me. (laughs) We're watching rom-coms through the ages. We're in 1999. So close to being done with 1999. About to have the millennium. Are we excited for the millennium? I'm excited. I mean, it's Y2K. All the computers are going to go down and we're just going to go into apocalyptic times. Isn't that right? Yeah, but then we get to, but we get to like play on repeat that Prince song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you okay. want to sing it, Ashley? No, I don't want to sing it. I don't know the words. <laughs> I know the song. I don't know the words. Yeah. What are we? What are we? What are we doing here? What are we do? What are we watching today? Today we're watching 1999's Notting Hill. Ooh, this is a uh, rom-com essential. It is. I've never seen it before. Have you seen it before? I have never seen anything of it at all. I've never seen a trailer. I've I've seen nothing. I feel like I've seen a clip of it that my editor requested to be like needed to watch the scene. Oh. Or whatever, so I clipped it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have no no idea of what this movie is about. I know that it stars Julia Roberts and that other guy that we've seen that we didn't like. Hugh Grant. Yes, <laughs> that guy. So it has potential? Yeah. Yeah, the only thing is I've heard people excited about it. They know of it. It exists in the rom-com. Is this another canon. one where we're just going to like destroy people's hopes and dreams? Possibly. It's I don't know. It's that's what this podcast is here for, guys. It's British. Some people like that about us. I know. They like when I get angry. I don't understand that. Sam doesn't like when I get angry. Man, we haven't had background Sam in a long time. I know. <laughs> I'm f- I'm feeling flashbacks <laughs> of like old cutaways where Sam would just yell something off mic at us. <laughs> what do you have to say about that, Sam? Try not to. <laughs> they can't hear you. We got better mics now. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Okay, so the DVD.com description is a chance encounter brings together reserved bookstore owner William Thacker, Hugh Grant. And Hollywood icon Anna Scott, Julia Roberts, who forge an improbable romance until Anna's mega stardom begins whittling away at their relationship. Can their love overcome all the pretense and the flash of the paparazzi? Reese Ephens co-stars in a scene-stealing turn as Spike, William's dim-bulb, bed-raggled flatmate. Yep. <laughs> dim-bulb. 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 Dim bulb. Um, okay, so we have a bookstore owner. That's a that's a rom com trope. Yep. The uh you've got mail. I just there's a lot of words in this description that there I'm are like a lot of words. there should not be these words. 
And uh, Hollywood icon Julia Roberts playing herself. Yep. Okay. Hugh Grant pretending to be Heath Ledger from The Knight's Tale. Uh, William Thacker. Oh. 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 Thatcher was his name. Uh-huh. Is he going to change his stars? A Knight's Tale. Oh, my God. You guys, if you haven't listened to us do A Knight's Tale, that's over on Podstalgic. Go listen to that. It's a good yeah, one. Because Justine had never seen it before. I had never <laughs> seen it. <laughs> and it was a tragedy amongst our time. Well, it's solved now. <laughs> Can their love overcome all the pretense and the flash of the paparazzi? No, it can't. No. It's e- going to be one of those. It's going to end in a bittersweet ending. Yep. It's going to be like Roman Holiday. Yep. Oh. Look, at, we're building it up already. I know. And we're not, we've never even seen it before. I know. We want You've Got Mail, Roman Holiday. It's got big shoes to fill. It does. Well, this movie stars Julia Roberts, who we previously saw in Runaway Bride, My Best Friend's Wedding, and Pretty Woman. It also stars Hugh Grant, who we saw in Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Hugh Bonneville, who we saw in Mansfield Park, who I believe that's the dude from Downton Abbey. He's in Downton, yeah. Yep. Uh, I wanted to note that we did start off 1999 with, with Runaway Bride, and we also watched Mansfield Park in 99. So, these people worked a these lot. These are a 90s people. These people worked a lot for 99. That's good. Good for them. This was directed by Roger Mitchell. It was edited by Nick Moore. His first assistant editor was Gabrielle Smith. His second assistant editor was Andrew Perrier. Perrier? It's like the, 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 the drink Perrier. Perrier. Oh, <laughs> my bad. That's I'm sorry. That's what I think. It's spelled the same way. I don't know. Is I he French know. or is he not? I <laughs> Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> talk, contact the podcast and tell us how to say your name. Yes. The assistant editors for Lightworks were Stephen Boucher, Liz Rowe, Ben Yeats, or Yates, and the editor trainee was Leah Mormont. Guys. We got a Mormont. We here. got a Mormont. <laughs> we have a Mormont. We have a Mormont here. She's going to be badass. She's just going to be like little Liana. Yes. From Game of Thrones. I mean, they spelled, they're spelled differently, but I only... No, no, no. I think that's just how the name through, through the years... Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. This is a thing. But we know her lineage. Yes. This is connected to Game of Thrones. This is what you come to the podcast for, for Ashley to make crazy world-building connections. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> just like we did in Roman Holiday, which you should listen to that episode. <laughs> I'm already like, this episode's going to be not as good as those (laughs) other ones. (laughs) The movie is rated PG-13 for sexual content and brief, strong language. Brief. Just brief. Unlike this podcast. I mean, Hugh Grant's going to say... Remember remember in Four Weddings when he was like, fuck, fuck, fuckity, fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) Yeah. They got to give him some of those. He's going to give him at least one. Yeah. He gets one. You get one, Hugh Grant. Hugh, hold it back. You get one. <laughs> this movie is two hours and four minutes long. It's already too long. Too, why? Why? Two hours. Why is it so long? Guys, you just, you got to go for like the hour 45 mark. I'm going to fall asleep. Yep, we are. It's rated 3.5 stars on DVD.com. Now, this movie was a w- award baby. Award baby. Award baby. <laughs> they got nominated. They got the nominations. At the 2000 BAFTAs, it was nominated for Best British Film. 
It was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Reese Infant Ethan's. At the 2000 Golden Globe Awards, it was nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. It was also nominated for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. It did not win. All right. Let's go watch Liam Moore outside of training. <laughs> We have starved of Game of Thrones already. <laughs> it's been a week. It's been a week. The butt that shook the world couldn't hold us over long enough. Okay. Are uh, we recording now? We're recording. How old are we now? I feel like we aged 45 years from that movie. I think I died in the middle. <laughs> Am I dead now? Do I look dead? Are you Ghost Justine again? All right. Remember the last time I was a ghost? I don't remember what episode it was, but you were. I was. It was after you turned turned an age. All right. And you said you were Ghost Justine because no women exist after age 30. 30? Hi. <laughs> I told the lift driver I was 30 the other day. How did that happen? Well, he want to know. They always want to know how old I am because I look like a little boy in my picture. One of them was like, "Oh, I thought I was picking up a fifteen-year-old." <laughs> Why did you just become Irish? <laughs> I like the Irish. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of facts. I see. You watch a lot of facts on the YouTube. I do. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> I hope we still have listeners. I can't stop now. <laughs> Well, I've insulted all of Europe before, so we might as well just insult their accents as well. Well, I know that was really good because I could understand thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're still here. Oh, kill me now. We just made a better movie <laughs> than Hugh Grant. We were better characters. We were not freaking cardboard. What? Then Julia Roberts. Okay, if you're here because you love this movie... Turn it off. I'm sorry. Tur- you can, like, listen to the end if you really want to, but we're probably going to make you mad. I'm sorry. I just... Yeah. Wah. <laughs> Can't. Like, it was... It was so boring. Also, if you love this movie, have you watched it in the last 20 years? Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Like, when was the last time you watched it? How old were you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And like, are you a huge Hugh Grant fan? Because yeah. I think you have to be to watch Hugh Grant Oh, movies. yeah. I think you definitely have to be in love with him to, like, really be there for him. Yeah, this is our second one. I don't know if I've watched any other in my own personal life. I feel like I've seen two... Is it two weeks notice with him and Sandra Bullock? Something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed that one. I've seen it before, mm-hmm. and I think the only reason that that's a good movie is because it's Sandra Bullock. Sandy. We do love Sandy. We do. <laughs> I mean, she's America's sweetheart. Come yeah. On, guys. Julia, though. What was she doing? Like, she was coasting through this movie. Yeah. She did not have a good 99. I don't think so. This was not a good script. Uh... Like, I feel like she just was like, okay, I'll get paid. Like, this is a British movie. I'll do it. Her 15 million. Yeah. Literally what she made. In the movie? Yeah. So she was actually quoting? Yeah. Life. Uh, they wanted her to say, like, 10 million or something. And the joke was, she's like, I'm tired of lowballing. And then the other trivia was, she actually said what she made for Notting Hill. <laughs> it's like, damn, girl. Damn. I wouldn't have to work for, like, a year and a half. I could have, like, children. You could. 
You'd still podcast, though. Oh, yeah. I just, like, podcast with the baby, like... Yeah. On me. On your boob? Yeah. It's breastfeed podcast. Baby's hungry. Boob's out. Boob's out. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I've seen it all before. Yeah, my wedding. (laughs) Yep, you do exactly. (laughs) Multiple times during your wedding. Getting married. Boob's out. Boob's out. (laughs) Just put a dress on me. Put shoes on me. Do my hair. I don't know. (laughs) That's you. I forgot I have notes for this movie. Oh, we Um, took notes? I did. Uh, I'll never get those two hours back. Um, That was a long two hours. That was so fucking long. Holy shit, she cursed. I'm so angry. (laughs) (laughs) That movie, we were just talking about it. It's just flat. It's flatlined. Flatlined the whole time. Until the last like 20 minutes. There's no downs. Yeah, until the very, 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 very end is their actual good pacing. Yeah. And then it just dies again because they keep going. It has Lord of the Rings endings. Lord of the Rings was definitely a better movie. (laughs) Of course. Like, but it also had five endings. Yeah, it did. But I mean, but it was, so did this movie. It w- but you were invested in the characters. Yeah, like yeah. you were. You looked into Elijah Wood's eyes, and you're like, "I'm with that Hobbit." Like I'm I get him. <laughs> I want a shirt now. I'm with that <laughs> Hobbit. I'm with that Hobbit. Tell me about their characters. <sighs> Hugh Grant, who's William Thacker. Yeah, he's sad. William with the bookstore. He's sad. He's sad? He's been divorced? Yeah. He just... He always just has those, like, apologetic eyes. Like, everything he says, he's just gonna apologize right after. I always think he looks like he's confused or taking a shit. (laughs) Like, he has the look of, like... But wait, what... What's really going on? Or he's just, like... Eh? (laughs) Eh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like... Hugh Grant's acting ability is like, where did it, why is it so appealing to people? I, don't I know. really want to understand. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm for great British actors and I, I typically love British actors more than I love American actors Yeah, because they have such a great range and depth of, of human emotion. Yeah. But Hugh Grant like didn't even try to dip a toe in that depth pool. No <laughs> depth pool. And is just like, nah. I'm going to be, you know, just famous for being rich and I have this big family and I'm going to act now. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And I like British stuff like like uh, the guy who played Rufus, the thief, Dylan Moran. He I thought I thought that was hilarious. that he's stealing a book because then uh, in 2000, he's on Black Books. He's a star of a British guy who owns a, a bookstore. And I thought that was hilarious and nothing else. <laughs> I mean, Spike was the best character. Like, I Spike. feel like it's the same syndrome as the last two Grant movie that we saw, where the supporting cast is so much better than the leads. You know, I have a, a funny trivia. Ooh, funny trivia. Bring it. When writer Richard Curtis viewed the film for the first time, he found it to be too similar to his previous film, Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I have more trivia later. Ooh, more trivia. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very similar to where I'm more invested in learning about because it just they felt more human. Yes, they had their their crazy quirks, 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 carks, carks. I don't know. I'm from the carbs. <laughs> we say weird things you in hungry? our fields with our trees. Um, because <laughs> you know I'm from Illinois. 
That's a reference to Justine's movie, and you should see it face to face on iTunes and Amazon right now. Because she's not going to self-promote on the podcast, oh. but I will self-promote for her. Ashley's got movies out, too. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's like a sibling I don't know. anger <laughs> fest, but like promotion-wise. That's what you just said. I don't know how to promote. Obviously. No, I said you weren't going to self-promote on oh. the podcast. Well, then I promote you. Okay. What are your movies? <laughs> <laughs> Look how terrible I am at promotion. <laughs> I mean, you can watch the movie that I helped out on that just came out on Netflix, Little Evil. Little Evil. You were the assistant editor. Well, I was like the the sub. I'm not even in the credits, so don't go looking for me, but I helped. Don't go looking for me. <laughs> um, I helped just like be the assistant while the real assistant editor went off to get married. Oh. So, yeah. You can make a rom-com out of that. You could. That would be a fun story. I'm like, watching that one. I want I want more editing movies. <laughs> movies about editing. That aren't modern romance. That are modern <laughs> I've forgotten about ro- modern How romance. How do you forget? It was our worst film last year. Of the all of the last I, year. I have forgotten about it because it was traumatic. It was a traumatic experience. It really was. That I never want to like go through ever again. My heart was racing for like the last half of that movie. Out the of- last half? I was just like... He's he's on drugs and gonna he's like one of those people he's a Florida man okay <laughs> <laughs> enough said listen to that episode if you have not yeah it's going back to four weddings and a funeral we mm. cared so much more about the supporting cast we had you know the gay couple we had Hugh Grant wasn't it Hugh Grant's sister again. Yeah, it was his sister. I really don't remember anything about her. Well, all I remember is the sister walking down the the aisle without the bow on the back of her dress, so her underwear was showing. Oh, his that was like his roommate. Oh, were I they, thought it was were his they sister. Sis- probably, I it was his sister. probably, probably. I don't know. I don't remember. I should listen to my own podcast. But yeah, you have that group with obvious quirks, like you had the woman, his best friend in a wheelchair who is married and they can't have children and they're like dealing with that. And they're so cute and supportive of one another. And, you know, I wanted more of them. Yeah. And then you have Downton Abbey guy, which is just what I'm going to call him. Uh, Hugh Bonneville, who played, what was his name? Bernie. Bernie, who is like this stockbroker who is terrible at it, but yet wanted to talk like, you know, the stockbrokers talk mm-hmm. like. And you kind of wanted to know more about him because he was goofy and weird and didn't recognize her right away, which I thought was nice. I like that. Yeah. And then um, his sister, who was just kooky. And then, of course, you had Spike. Spike. Who is the greatest character of this movie. Yes. Because he was just, he didn't, he he had no fucks to give. Yeah, he was just honest. Yeah. And, but, yes, dumb. But dumb. But honest, dumb. But, yeah. But, like, genuine... I would be okay with having this person around, even though he would annoy the living shit out of me. Yeah. Like, I get... I, at, at the at the beginning, I was a little annoyed. Like, why is Hugh Grant living with this person? Yeah. Like, why doesn't he kick this person out if he, like, is literally that annoyed? But I get it. Like, he's just this genuinely goofy, dorky man who you just kind of want to help. He's nice. He's a sweetheart. And, yeah. And Honey... And he, has, he has his intentions in the right place. Yeah, and Honey falls in love with him. Honey is the sister. Yeah. And that's everybody. Right? Yeah. There's a couple other characters like the his bookstore cuz 
Fun trivia fact. The final cut was uh, three and a half hours long and 90 minutes was edited out. 90 more minutes of this movie. What happened in those 90 minutes? I don't know. I thought we experienced this guy's whole life. Yeah. (sighs) Do you want to get into the plot? Oh, we should. There's a lot that just doesn't happen. I don't know what you mean by that. We walk and we talk and we walk and we talk and we go to a park and find a bench and then we get kissed for weird reasons and then we don't learn anything about Julia Roberts at all. Aside from she's a famous actress. She's literally playing a cardboard cutout of Julia Roberts. Ooh, they should have just like put in a little stand of yeah. her. And it would have been the exact, the exact same, same movie. Yep. Oh my God, we should film that. <laughs> Where's just this guy cuddling with a cardboard standee of Julia Roberts. We just like put her in front of a green, like a cardboard cutout of Julia Roberts on a green screen. Mm-hmm. And then we can cut her into this movie saying her lines. Yeah. But it would be exactly the same. The exact same feeling, the exact same emotions. Just, I don't know. Okay. So the film opens up with the Anna Scott Papa Paparazzi. Papa. Paparazzi. Um, it's a montage. And I feel like, to me, I felt like what they were trying to say, not that this actually came across, was that being a celebrity is a lonely life. Oh, that's exactly what they were trying to say, but they just didn't convey it Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess you're supposed to get it from her strange reactions to normal people quote-unquote quotation marks normal people because celebrities are just normal people too they just have a fuck ton of money and you recognize their faces yeah which i feel like this movie could have been and probably if it was made now would focus more on how intrusive the paparazzi is and how especially the british paparazzi yeah and how somewhat psychologically damaging it can be Mm -hmm. okay so the movie starts out after that We get some Hugh Grant narration, and he's introducing us to Notting Hill, how it's a quaint little village part of London. Do you think they added in this voiceover after they did test screenings and everyone was like, what is happening? I don't know. I feel like I don't remember if uh, that other movie had VO. I just imagine. I, I feel like I remember Hugh Grant VO. So if you're going to use voiceover, you have to use it throughout the entire thing. When you start off with voiceover, it already, like, pin at least in my brain, it's like, oh, they didn't have a beginning, and they don't know how to jump into the story, so they just tried to fix it with voiceover. Yeah, because he also, he introduces the town, which we see, but he also says his wife left him, and now he lives with Spike, which we could totally all gather from story elements. Yes. So it's like... They used a device that is already problematic. I mean, maybe this is, like, from the time period. I don't know how much VO was utilized in 99. But there's just a thing about using VO as a way of conveying story elements that you have to either do for a very specific reason at the beginning. I mean, Star Wars gets around it by using the scrolling text and with no VO, which is... I think if you have to introduce a story that way or at least convey information, text is a better better device than VO. Because VO, it, it, I think voiceover should be used for internal monologues or just 
information that you cannot convey any other way. Yeah, it adds that like character thumbprint yeah. to the text. I think the way because Star Wars gets away with it so well is that it's it's just world building. It's not yeah. you're not introducing really any huge character aside from like this is Luke Skywalker, we meet him on Tatooine and blah 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 blah. Like this is it's it's more of like how you would instead in a play. How yeah. you would have or like, like in a, a in a book. Yeah, in a book. You would have just that that introduction where it's like, okay, we've got we get all the basic information covered and now we can actually get into the, the story element. Whereas VO, I, VO is just such an annoying thing. That's true. Well, we have that silly scene where Spike is picking out uh, shirts for his date. <laughs> uh, half of them I want you to wear. I'll I take the one them. that's like, I love blood with a dinosaur popping out of his chest. I want that one. I want you to have the here's where you can put it sort of. Th- I don't know. <laughs> oh, that one? Yeah. 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 I want you to have all the, the sexual shirts. I the the last one, the you're the most beautiful woman I've ever met before and then on the back, care it's, for a fuck. Yeah. Was amazing. That one Sam gets. Sam can totally have that one. Yeah. At work William, I keep forgetting his name because, fun trivia fact, uh, Anna never says his name. <laughs> or she doesn't. He never says it really either, I guess. Some some people say it. Mostly it's, it's not said a lot. She, he works at a travel bookstore selling travel books. I don't think this is a viable business option. I don't know why it's just not a regular bookstore. I don't know. I don't know. Well, when he's going through introducing the town, it sounds like like just Notting Hill is full of these nonsensical business propositions, like the the hairstylist who only dyes your hair blue, or the tattoo artist that only does people who are drunk. Which isn't that like against some yeah tattooer's sup- code? I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I got a tattoo, I had to sign to say that I was not drunk. Yeah, <laughs> or drinking or under any influence. So. At the tattoo at the tattoo shop. At the bookstore. That would have been a better story. <laughs> at the bookstore, Julia Roberts walks in. She's looking at books. He sees her and then is just kind of like dumbstruck. And then he remains dumbstruck through the rest of the movie, it seems to me. There is Rufus uh, stealing the books, blah, blah, blah. Anna gets a book and then leaves. And uh, when... William, I keep forgetting, I'm going to write his name down. William. William. Also a better movie. When William goes to go get um, orange juice, they literally run into each other and it splatters all over their bodies. Anna and uh, William. So having this scene, would you have cut out the bookshop scene and just had it been a meet cute of an accidental coffee or drink spillage i like this because it's fate demands that they be together so you keep in the bookshop scene yeah i like it because it's just like oh no like this is what fate's saying like you missed your chance here you are again you know it's fate intervening that's how i read it and i think fate you know how i feel yeah it's got to be in these movies you can't change your fate you can't change your fate should just make a super cut of all the times you've said that <laughs> in the podcast. Please, yes. <laughs> I want to get phrase fine just for this now. 
carrying on. He's like, my place is just right there. Right there, you can see it. Come to my place, you can clean up, you can use the phone. At this point, she's, she's like very, very, very standoffish. Like, she only knows the word no. And uh, she just, you know, is behind a wall. But she, I mean, she stays behind that wall the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't, uh, they little delved into that, but not a lot. She agrees. He is like so enamored with her. And then she goes and changes and then she leaves and then she comes back because she forgot her bag and she kisses him. And like at this point, I was like, why did she why did she soften up at this moment? Was it because she's just like, this guy is totally into me and he's cute or I don't know. It just I I don't know. I help me. I have no idea. You have no idea. Like, I think my entire response to the beginning of this relation and then especially towards the end of the relationship, it's just like, but why? But why? What is interesting about him? What is interesting about her? Like, what, what aside from these very basic facades of people... Because she runs into people who are enamored with her all, all the, the time. time. Yes. What What's it about him? What makes him special? But what what also makes her special aside from the fact that she's famous? Like, what makes him want to put up with the being the the husband of the famous actress? Like, what makes him want to go to these onto these red carpets aside from, like, is it a selfish reason for notoriety? Is it what makes this love? real like I don't see anything of genuine emotion between these two I see check boxes I see some friendship a little bit because she has this in the middle of the movie she has this place to escape and live a low-key life and he's just like cares about her enough as a friend to be like it's cool you can hide out here and we don't have to be all celebrity you know I get that, but I guess it just wasn't, it's not strong enough to drill me into saying these people need to be together. These people really genuine, it, it's like how we talk about a lot where I think when we went, went back and talked about it in 10 Things I Hate About You, where Patrick Verona is just this genuine guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I demand him to be with Julia Stiles because she needs someone to help soften her hard exterior and he's the perfect candidate because he is hard on the outside but also very genuine and very thoughtful and, and caring and just this all-around great human being mm -hmm. that I think she deserves that after all the shit that she's been put through. Yeah. Whereas this, I don't see any of that. I don't see any genuine emotion from them like maybe at the end when julia styles gives her f the famous line from this movie julia roberts julia roberts julia julia i mean they were in mona lisa smile together oh yeah which everyone should watch that movie that's a better julia roberts movie that's just a better julia movie <laughs> um you give it five julias five julias all the julias that makes, but that was what makes a good actor or actress, and that's what makes a good movie. To be able to take material like this and like 10 Things I Hate About You, which is not the greatest, no offense to the writer, no offense to anybody who is involved in the creative building of this process, but you need actors 
who are going to not only embody the character, but at least bring that humanity aspect to it. Because humans connect to other humans. We don't just connect to cardboard cutouts. Like, we genuinely can tell when there is no real emotion behind it. Especially if we've gone through the heartache of dealing with someone who had doesn't necessarily 100% care about you all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if there was something for me to connect to, even just for him, I would be more involved with this. Like, I connected to Spike because I, like, I like when you have these eccentricities within people because that's taking away and fully fleshing them out. It's giving them a little bit of depth behind the cardboard, behind the mask that they are wearing, which I think that's more genuine than just following the steps or following the the line. Like I I need some, I need an actor that's stronger than Hugh Grant. He's Mm. not very strong. Boom. Boom. Or he at least needs a partner who draws that out of him. Yeah, I mean, Julia Roberts has been failing us. But Julia Roberts, we know, is a great actress. We know she can embody and bring genuineness to a character. Yeah, she did in Pretty Woman. She did in Pretty Woman. She's done it, I mean, outside of the romantic comedy genre. She did it in Stepmom. She did it in Mona Lisa Smile. She's she's done it in quite a few notable roles in her throughout her career yeah let's move on so later that night william is watching anna scott movies with spike and he says she's fabulous could you imagine what it's like to be with her that's what spike says oh yeah and he's like yeah i can it's like yeah Hanging out with Spike some more the next morning. He is apparently terrible at getting messages. Not the next morning. There were a couple scenes between here that were pointless uh, at the bookstore. Oh, there's a lot of things that <laughs> they are pointless. Well, I mean, I, I can't necessarily... One, I can't necessarily fault the editor for this. Because this, this is a pacing problem. But this is a pacing problem brought on by the writing. Yeah, the script. I mean... There's a lot of things there's a lot of things that an editor can do but there's a lot of things that an editor can't fix. And if you don't have an editor during the the writing process or at least someone that is going to tell the writer, "Hey, you've got a problem with your first act," which this had a problem with its first and its second acts. Like seriously, how what script to approved a shooting script that made a 3-hour rom-com? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that wouldn't happen today. No. No, that is a waste. 90 minutes left over. That is a waste of money. Well, and that's like, to make a 90-minute movie, just think of the amount of footage that they had. And for 99, that's film. Yeah. They that's made not digital. two movies and one of them is in the garbage. Yeah. That just angers me. <laughs> what was in that other 90 minutes of film like what what was that where all the character was that where all the characters emotions went because i don't know i just imagine because of this writer and what they did with my best friend's wedding that they were all other side character pieces which i'm down for watching like i am honestly i would be more interested if this romance was the b story like if if he had taken the time to flesh these two out as if they were B storyline characters and not given them the central focus, it would have been a much better movie. 
Because I think he's really, I think the writer is excellent with side characters. I think that you have to have a really good foundation in your side characters to build up your, your leads, but you have to have good leads. You still have to have good characters for the leads. You can't just have the side characters being lifting up the, the, the leads as a crutch. You can't use that as a crutch. Mm -hmm. So Spike is terrible at giving messages. Anna had called him and said, come to the Ritz. As we expected. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Goes to the Ritz. There's a bit of a mix-up because there's a press junket happening. One second. I think something's burning. Dracarys. <laughs> so he had a little bit of a fire. We're it's back, okay. though. It's minor. We're back. Minor fire. It's just smoke. Yeah. It wasn't full on fire yet. No, no, no. If you listen to uh, the, the Vlog Brothers, John and Hank Green's podcast, they yeah. do, they've done a thing from very early on where they go, oh my God, it's burning, to remind people to check their stoves while they're listening to podcasts. So please check your, your cooking. Your stove right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to the story at hand. The fake story? The, the fake story. The cardboard story? We're at the press junket. He's very surprised to be here. And he says he's from Horse and Hound magazine. And it's the only way they can see each other at the moment is if he pretends he's a reporter. No. No? I don't understand this. He wants to rip off Roman Holiday. <laughs> then make him an actual journalist. Ooh. Ooh, sorry. Then I'm like, that already exists in Roman Holiday. <laughs> just watch Roman Holiday. Yeah, just watch that. It's much better. Do that. Fun trivia fact. <laughs> this is my last fun trivia fact, okay? Notting Hill fact. Notting Hill. <laughs> Subscribe if you're Notting Hill's <laughs> facts. Unsubscribe, unsubscribe. According to Richard Curtis, Anna Scott was a hybrid of Grace Kelly and Audrey Hepburn. No. No. I reject that reality and substitute my own fucking reality where she's just a cardboard cutout of Julia Roberts. I love it. I want to see that made so bad. So he's there. We reject this whole theory. Um, she apologizes for kissing. And... Which, why? Why? Uh, I don't know. Actually, this whole movie is just is just the meme. But why? But why, though? But why? But why? It's the Ryan Reynolds gif of him in... I don't remember what movie it is, but he's, like, in hospital wear, and he's pulling down his mask, and he's just asking, but why? Why? In his Ryan Reynolds voice. Ah. Uh. After they talk, he tries to escape, but then he gets pulled into other interviews. Like, this part was just so fucking long. You mean this whole movie? Yeah, but the, at this point, I realized, I'm like, it's really not progressing at all. Like, we're seeing things that I guess are supposed to be funny. They're a little funny, but, like, man, it took forever to get there. I'm just too tired, you know? It's just like, I've been in this long road trip to Disneyland. I know we're at Disneyland, but, man, am I exhausted from that long road trip. And it's not even Disneyland. I feel like I've seen this in other movies, too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can't remember those movies. But what they did was better. I'm not going to remember this movie. I forgot it already. I mean, I'm going to remember the end. Because I really did like like the pacing at the end. I liked the teamwork effort. I yeah, liked it was everybody's little superpower. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. I wished I had more of that. Yeah. Like that pacing where I felt like, oh, there's actually something that's going to be achieved here. Yeah. 
Oh, you've hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> oh, yeah. He gets pulled into another secret meeting with Anna, and she's just like, oh, remember that thing that I had tonight? I don't have it anymore, so we can have a date. And he's just like, great. Oh, crap, it's my sister's birthday. Sorry. And she's just like, what? I'll go as your date. And he's like, yay. So he brings her over to Honey's birthday. At um, It's at Max's and... What's her name? I don't know her name. Did they ever say her name? He always just introduced her as his best friend. My best friend who has no name. My best friend who's stuck in the wheelchair. I'm sure he said it. It was... We're just terrible at recognizing things? Bella. Bella. Okay. Bella was her name. So as everybody meets Anna, they all have kind of the same reaction of us like, Oh, oh, Anna Scott. You know? celebrity Did they not bernie bernie's reaction was quite kind of nice yeah i liked that i'm sure she liked it too except for he was asking her how much money she made that was awkward that was just rude in general but is it don't they have those conversations in britain I, isn't it like okay to talk about your salary in britain like it's not a stigma like it is here maybe Dinner progresses, and then at dessert, there's these brownies, and everybody is telling pretty much the saddest story gets the last brownie. Which they should have just given it to the birthday girl. Yeah, that would have been nice. Like, why did we have to have this scene? So, we can have Julia Roberts confessing about how, even though she's a celebrity, her life is really sad. But she didn't. But she did. She's so unhappy. She's so unhappy. It didn't really come across very well. No, because like she's just like, I had to have this surgery and I had to do this and I had to do that to maintain that. And then everybody's going to forget about me in a few years. And I'm like, yeah, girl, I get it. But that's every actress. Yeah. You are not special or alone in that category. Yeah. That happened to Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. That happened... I mean, even though they brought up Meg Ryan in this movie, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Yeah. Because it's like, we're trying to be the British when Harry met Sally. And I'm like, no, you are not. Fuck you. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) But it goes back to the whole idea of her being a cardboard cutout. Like, it's, it's a lack of understanding of what an actress has to go through. Like, there's more things... Than just, oh, plastic surgery, and I'm going to be forgotten in a few years. Mm -hmm. Like, there's the whole aspect of having your life in every tabloid, which I think they needed to play up more. Yeah, they did touch on that, but yeah, play that up more. And there's the aspect of, you know, having to play so many characters that you may lose who you are or not know who yourself is. Like, I feel like that happens a lot to actresses because they're only thought of as their... Which, again, they touched on it a little bit, but it was just... It wasn't a layer of her acting. It was more of a line, a throwaway line. Yeah, when they show her acting, they don't really show her doing anything except for, like, walking in slow motion. Yeah. ra don't you bad romance. <laughs> so I want it bad. You're bad romance. I want your loving and I want your revenge. When me write a bad romance. <laughs> you know, I haven't heard that song in like a year and I still know the words. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good song. It's an amazing song. Everyone should go listen to Gaga instead of seeing this movie. <laughs> 
you, by the end of this, need to comprise a top ten list, or even top five lists of things to do. Instead of, of watching this movie. <laughs> yes. Things that will take you two hours. I mean, listening to all of Gaga would take you that there long. There you go. See, that's on your list. So... <laughs> I mean, we already brought up Gaga once with paparazzi. We it might as had well just to. <laughs> when I typed this up last night with my old-fashioned typewriter, because that's what you do. Yeah, we're old-fashioned. I knew we were going to talk about Gaga. <laughs> I know us. The two main characters, whatever their names are, go for a walk, and they sneak into a private garden, and they have some more mega kissing. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. They find a bench. That's adorable. Yeah, the bench. You see it later, of course. Which I feel like they didn't play up the whole... Yeah, there's there's a lot missing from her storyline. And she's very fond of people being together forever and, like, getting married and having babies. Yeah. Like, she hasn't found... It, theoretically, you can say she's an older actress. She's 29. Of course. And she's ready to settle down, but, you know, with the her celebrity, the curse of her celebrity, she's not able to. Cause she's always ends up with these Hollywood jack-offs. Well, yeah, because you're looking in the wrong place. Like, I'm sorry, but the pool of actors in Hollywood is just like a narcissistic blend of cigarette smoke and shadows and mirrors. Ooh. Right? Like, I, I feel like every time we get, like, a decent... Well, not decent, but, like, a big, huge breakout actor, star person. There's, like, this weird darkness behind them. Well, you have to sell your soul to get up there. Let's carry on. Where are we at with the evil people? They go on a couple more dates, movies, dinner, you know, as normal people. The normies. Which, how? If she's such this big star that her face is all over buses... How do they, like, get into the movie theater inconspicuously? Or I feel like the movie did a disservice of showing the whole fame is a lonely spot by not showing... How famous she is? Well, not showing how famous she is, but not showing the struggle that comes with that. Which is what I was expecting from our DVD.com description. Mm Mm-hmm. Dun-dun-dun. Shade. Shade. So at dinner, there's these guys at this other table, pretty much calling her a prostitute, which ties into, I feel like there's a lot of pieces that could have been so much stronger if they was so close to being a thing. Because she gets really upset about being called a whore and a prostitute and all these things, which we learn later when she was poor and doing things for money, she did some nude, nude shoots. Nude shoots. Um, so she's very sensitive about, you know, being nude or being called a prostitute. William stands up to them and kind of fails at it. But then she stands up for herself and says they have peanut sized dicks. And then walks out. And walks out. This was the part where I felt like Julia Roberts was really strong. Yeah. Like this is the the Julia Roberts that we are used to. This scene was not uh, scripted as such. Oh, good. (laughs) She, yeah. Julia Roberts is this strong woman figure. I mean, she's an actress that is still acting. Mm-hmm. Even over fifty, she's still acting, which is a big deal. I mean, she's always found she's always found, and she's even got toted into directing and you know taking the behind the camera role aspect of it. And she's she's a smart actress, female role model that I think is important for for us. 
growing up and as just in general. Mm-hmm. I don't think they utilize the story well enough, and I don't think they utilized her talent. Like, I feel like she could have been the person, she's a strong enough actress to where you have enough to play off of that she could have pulled something out of Hugh Grant. Mm. So that night she invites him up at the Ritz. You want to come up to my place? But her American boyfriend is there and he's a famous actor and it's super awkward because he's not on Trump now. Yep. It's Donald Trump himself. Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. And uh, so they say that Hugh is the room service and, you know, it's a very awkward exchange. And then uh, Hugh's got a little bit of a broken heart montage. This is not the cool montage. Is this the when she's gone? This is the, he's looking at her face everywhere. Oh. Um, Spike wants him to open up and talk to him. And uh, William's like, it's like I've taken love heroin. Yeah, this is really <laughs> melodramatic. <laughs> and his friends console him, set him up on multiple dates. Some are weirdos. That last girl was really nice. Emily Mortimer. I feel like maybe they had some dates in the extended director's cut. <laughs> She was so sweet. I love Emily Mortimer. She should be in more things. Mm-hmm. He's depressed. So that next morning, Anna shows up crying. She's upset. There have been nudes released of her and also a film during this photo shoot. So it looks like she was in a porno, but she was not. She said she was poor, down on her luck, needed money. Do you feel like we are more attuned to this? Like, happening? Because I'm, I'm assuming, like, back in 99, this w- releasing of, of nudes for an actress wasn't... It was more of a big deal than it is today. I feel like, yeah, it did happen, but, like... Nowhere near on the level that it happens now. Like, you have the fappening, you have... Oh, God, I don't even... <laughs> that makes me so angry. Oh, for sure. But that's what it is. Like, it was a group of hackers that that's, they decided to have the fappening 2016 mm-hmm. and I don't it, it's like connecting to it to the shameful thing well and just like people probably specifically guys just downloading this these photos just because it's free porn just because it's seated and it's there and it's just like oh whatever and not even thinking about how awful how fucking awful it is that this has recurred I understand where it comes from because the mentality is it's even just a subconscious thing that women are solely there for sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. It creates this idea that women are objects or women are things or, or even just Pokemon cards to be passed around and looked at, which is sad. Mm -hmm. I find it disgusting that men would do that and and not even think about the fact that this person is a person. Yeah. And that these photos were released without their consent. It wasn't okay for them to ever be released to the public. Yeah, and I'm definitely not shaming people looking at nude images. No. But people do get paid to do nude images, you yes. know? But I think my my main emotion that is connected with this is just sadness. Yeah. Because 
it's sad for the women that are involved. Like, it, I, I used to get so just outraged, and then I had, like, outrage for t- fatigue about this. But when I think about it, it's like, these guys that are doing this not only probably have a problem that is not being addressed, but there's, like, some loneliness aspect to it, that they find it as a sport, like, and that they think it's okay. It's more of, like, I'm sad when somebody that is clearly needing help and surrounded by people that aren't helping them that so they have to to lash out or or to get the type of attention that they need yeah like even if it's subconsciously like when we've done something wrong we expect consequences from it so subconsciously we create those consequences if we are not receiving them and i think that that is an interesting mental health crisis of the world and while i think technology is great and opens up a lot of doors for certain things it does create this vacuum of immediacy and then utter loneliness when you don't get that emotional yeah supplement that you need no yeah like definitely last night like my a bunch of people i usually talk to weren't online last night and i just was just dinking around on the internet just looking for videos to watch because I just needed that like little dopamine brain Mm -hmm. satisfaction but it was just like I'm like I need to go to bed but I need like a brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of where the evil the the seed is planted is through that loneliness but through through that lack of human contact and then you don't start seeing people as people you start seeing them as you know, p- images on a screen or, or as Pokemon cards that you start to trade around. I feel like we don't, as a society, do enough to help bridge the gap to prevent that seed from being planted in the first place. There's a lot of lack of communication in automatically seeing certain, certain people on their face value, mm. which I think is interesting for this movie to mm. talk about because we are only seeing the face value of these characters we aren't seeing the depth the humanity and i think that's what does a disservice to the society is we plant so much effort into our outward physical appearances and how the world sees us to make sure that it is a positive way that the world sees us even if it's doesn't necessarily always come off that way it's almost like we get addicted to hating things we don't understand Mm. or hating those those masks that we wear because a lot of this i think comes from internal struggle insecurity insecurity always constantly comparing to your life to the facebook feeds of others Mm -hmm. and that creates that loneliness that creates that that seed where everything starts to not yeah feed into reality yeah i've definitely had that struggle myself this year where i've had to like turn off some people or some of my social media things just because like I did have a breakup I'm alone a lot more now and it's it gets much harder going online and seeing like oh look at all the happy people together which I've totally am a lot further past that than I was earlier this year well and it's it's hard especially coming out of a breakup Mm mm-hmm So what I wanted this movie to touch on Mm -hmm. was the aspect of feeling segregated from a community. You have someone who, quote unquote, has the power because she's famous and has a much louder voice within society in her being completely lonely and isolated. But they didn't do that so well. Mm -hmm. Like she still was able to go out and 
into the world. She was in London and she never was harassed um, on the street. She wasn't necessarily constantly always being followed. She wasn't being asked for her autograph. I just feel like they didn't show the segregation enough to where I'm like, oh, yeah, I buy that she's really lonely. Yeah. And that's what happens in communities and in societies. So it's like, why didn't they go that direction? Because then that makes her human. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's speed round this. Mario speed round. So she's still at his place and they're spending like the day together. They're having normal time. Even though that normal time includes running lines together. Yeah. I felt like there was a lot of things that they could have done that made this cuter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were. Like after it was shot, there were a lot of things that they could have tightened up or... I don't know. I just wanted a genuine connection between them, and I just didn't get it. Okay. I really didn't get it. So she shows up in the evening for sexy times, which they did have. Finally. And then the next morning, there's a door, bell, ring, and they have found them at the small town, the small village of Notting Hill. I think that was the point they were making of, like, they'll never find me. I'm in Notting Hill. It's a small, tiny village. But someone, Spike. Spike told a few people who told a few people and found them. So there were pictures taken. I don't know why the fuck she answered the door just to fulfill this plot point. He answers the door first. In his underwear. In his underwear. They take pictures of him. And she's like, what? Who's at the door? Like, why? And why didn't he say, it's paparazzi. Don't go out there. Or, like, grab her and hide her. Yeah. Like, he was just stunned and... Just to fulfill this plot point, she opens the door. She's wearing his shirt. They take pictures of her, and now she gets pissed. She gets super pissed that they have pictures now of them in their underwear, so everybody knows it. And he doesn't realize why she's upset. Yeah. Which I still don't understand. I get both of their sides where he's just like, whatever, it's going to be somebody else will be on the front page tomorrow because that's the view he sees. He says, yes, the next big thing that happens is going to be on the front page. But her side, yes... Every time she does an interview for the next 10 years, it's going to be brought up. But I don't understand why he doesn't see that. Like, why he... Is it just... Is, are they just trying to play off of the fact that, oh, he's a normie, so he doesn't understand how I think so. the press works? I think so. He's just a bit dumb about that. Yeah. She's it famous. It doesn't make any sense. Um, So she's mad, and she's like, great, now I'll regret this forever. And he's just like, I'm going to feel the opposite. Still, I didn't understand. So, there's another montage of seasons. Which I liked this. Yeah. It was just a really nice panning camera of him walking through the farmer's market at Notting Hill. Yeah, they did some digital effects to combine all the shots. I figured this is what the Lightworks bit was. Like, this and her movies was all the Lightworks stuff. Because that had to do with... Well, I don't know. I don't know how Lightworks was like in the 90s. I don't know. Lightworks now is, like, mostly compositing. Honey gives uh, William Anna's agent's number because she's back and he just like throws it out. They're at their friend Tony's restaurant because it's closing. Is it sometime later? Six. six yeah, we're never to introduced to Tony until this thing, and they're like, he's, he's our best friend. Mentioned at the very, very, very beginning, he's the first person mentioned, and we don't see him again till right here. Oh, I didn't realize he was the first person. This is just ridiculous. He says, "We're we're in the small little town of Notting Hill." Tony just opened a restaurant. So-and-so's got a hair shop. And here's my bookstore. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is this movie? Their best friend, Tony, who, who who's ma- never there. He wasn't there for... Why wasn't he in the dinner scene with the 
sister. Like, is he just not that good of friends with his sister? I don't know. He's in that 90 minutes that got cut. <laughs> Everybody has had their lives changed. Bernie got fired. Honey asked Spike to marry her. And uh, William, he's chosen to move on. And unfortunately, Anna is back in London. They're like, she's on this film set over in What's-It-Town. He's like, all right, all right, I'll go see her. So she's doing a Henry James film, which is something that he mentioned to her of like, you'd be good in a Henry, Henry James film. She's like, oh. So she does it. So he gets on set because she sees him and he goes to sit at Video Village and he's got the cans on so he can hear. They would not have the microphones up at this point going out to the Comtex. I don't know, I don't know how it worked back then, but maybe. Um, those looked like the same Comtex that I was still using Six years ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know the system, but audio I don't think has changed very much. But they usually turn everything down until it's time. Because you don't want to hear people go and pee, you know? They respect the privacy of the yeah. actor. I don't know. I mean, on some of the things I've worked on, they've caught stuff on a hot mic that they shouldn't have. Yeah. See, but they shouldn't have. So he shouldn't have had the, the mics live. That's what I'm saying. This <laughs> is... All this, like, anger hinges on the audio guy being an asshole. <laughs> Terrible at your job. He just wanted... Oh, maybe he was, like, working for the paparazzi in <gasps> London. That's the job you See, need. See, that would have been a better storyline. <laughs> Insert some drama into this bullshit. So she's on set talking to this actor some downtime while they're setting up. This is right before they're about to start filming. And the guy's like, who's this guy you saw you with? And she's like, oh, he's nobody. And so, like, Hugh Grant gets all upset and he leaves. Why? Why does he get so upset? Because he doesn't understand that she's not going to tell her life story to this guy. But I don't understand. I, I, I mean, maybe this is just because we work in the industry and we, like, understand that side of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm, the, I'm the version of my mother where I'm watching ER with my mother and... Uh. And, like, she's picking apart, like, how bad everything is because it's not medically accurate. And I'm like, it's just a TV show. Come on. So now I feel like I'm, like, the, on the other side of it being like, no, that's not what happens. Like, actors <laughs> deal with shit. Come on. Yeah. I'm like, don't expect them to be BFFs just because they're in a scene together. No. And even don't expect them to tell their private life. Yeah. Like, they're not. Most of the time, actors are very reserved or at least try to keep some aspects of things private because yeah. they have to one protect their brands and two just it's for their their sanity yeah so the next day she shows up in his little bookstore and she's brought him a gift and she says i'm leaving i'm leaving tonight to go back to america to america like does she not have family that's a whole nother point <laughs> My question for you. Me? Yes, you. Oh. And the internet, if the internet wants to answer this too. Would she technically fall under Manic Pixie Dream Girl definition as the trope? No. Because she doesn't fix him? Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. We've seen enough of these movies to where this has to be a trope. It has to be a trope why our leading lady is so paper thin. It's like always with these guy rom-coms. Yes. This like, is like giving me, I'm going to say, this movie gave me some Jerry Maguire feels. Ashley's nodding her head. <laughs> Ferociously. Yes. 
It's like they pumped up the male character so much that they didn't have any time to write past the log line of the female character. And this does remind me of Annie McDowell's character and Oh yeah. I was gonna I was actually gonna bring it up because Annie McDowell constantly was always going in and out and in and out and in and out, going back and forth from America. And we were going through these huge time jumps and we weren't getting any like actual connection mm-hmm. with anybody. And I think when we, we did that one, we were like, he just doesn't know how to write a female character. Mm, point proven. You know what? I just had a thought and this would be an amazing movie. What? So my whole theory throughout this movie was that Martin was gay. The book, the... Okay. The bookshop worker. Okay. He would be perfect in the movie with What's-His-Face for My Best Friend Wedding. Julia Roberts' best friend, her gay best friend in My Best Friend's Wedding. My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, Rupert Everett. Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't it? Oh. I want this movie now. That could be cute. Wouldn't they be adorable? I feel like Martin would be, like, so shy and bashful and Rupert Everett's character would be, like... So charming and outgoing. Taking him out about town. Yes. Mm. I feel like he could learn, teach him how to like go out and have fun and have extroverted time and then stand up for himself. Yeah. And then Martin's character can teach him how to have like sexy, sexy alone time. <gasps> Ooh. Like it, and be introverted and be alone with one another and like not have to be crazy going out all the time. I just feel like they would be really cute together. Oh, I ship it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, 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 we're at the point, we're at the famous line, she's like, okay, I'm leaving, but what if I stayed, what would happen, and he's like, nah, brah. (laughs) Nah. Nah. He says no, but... But it might as well have been nah, brah. Nah, brah. (laughs) And so, well, he's like, I can't stand the heartbreak. I can't stand seeing you everywhere if you're just gonna cast me aside again. And then she does the, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. Yeah, which I didn't realize was from this movie. Or which I think is an adorable line. Oh, man. It's one of those. I didn't even realize it was Julia Roberts who said I knew nothing. I just knew the line parodied in so much stuff that I didn't even know its origin. But that's all. It's it's just like Gary Mag- Gary, Gary McGuire. <laughs> Jerry's brother, Gary McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> His, his real name is not William Thacker. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> it's just like Jerry Maguire where it's like the whole movie is built a lot around that one famous line. Yeah. You complete me. Yeah. You have me. Uh, hello. Uh, <laughs> oh, I said that like Forrest Gump. Because that's like really how she said that. When she's crying. Jenny. 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 You had me. Uh, hello. Uh, hello. Jenny. <laughs> Guys, the heat has finally gotten to us. <laughs> Brains are melting. There was a little bit too much of that smoke inhalation when the kitchen got set on fire. Well, and you came from the, the valley, which is uh, in the We're state of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you go to the website, is California on fire, it will say yes. Yes. I mean, it usually says yes, but it's like a big yes right now. Like, it rained ash yesterday. Yeah, well, and it's apparently, it's a historic event. This is the biggest fire within the city limits. Woo! Ever. It's right down the street. I mean, not. it's only half an hour away from me. I'm far enough away to where the ocean is like, nah, fuck you, bro. (laughs) 
Just leaving work on Friday and being like, huh, I can see flames from here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not a good sign. Um, <laughs> you're lucky you're getting this podcast, world. So the movie does not end here, which I assumed it was it going to. Thanks, Jerry Maguire. Um, no, it keeps going. He says no, still. She leaves. He consults his friends. And everybody's like, good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Spike comes in, finally. Even though he wasn't really the voice of reason all that much, I wanted him to be so much. He was like, what did you do that for? And then... Like, you're a dumb twit. Hugh Grant's like... Oh no, I've totally buggered it all. And they were like, Yeah, but she's still in town. Let's go get her. Yeah. And then they run, and this is the best part of the movie. Great pacing. Yeah. Very well done. It's hilarious, too. It's super hilarious. It's wonderful. Yeah. Everyone has a role. Yes, everybody's got their superpower. And um. Max is super sweet to his wife. Yes. Like, they all hop in the car, and Max looks over and is like, "Is Bella coming?" And he's like, "No, she's not. It's too, it's too difficult." And he's like, "Oh fuck no! Get in the back, bro." Yeah, I'm bringing my wife. Yeah, he picks her up out of the wheelchair and like, "Yeah, babe, I yeah, got you. I got you." Packs her up in the car. It's right. like, so they go to the Ritz. She's not at the Ritz, and the guy's like, she's at the Savoy doing a press conference. So they go there all the while. Uh, What's-his-face is directing traffic to uh, Spike. 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 What a beautiful... Spike climbs out of the... Because he's sitting in the trunk. Mm-hmm. He climbs out of the trunk, the and boot. he, like... Yeah. He has his stop it, I'm walking here moment, and hits, mm-hmm. like, the hoods of cars and makes them stop, and is like, yeah. go, 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 go! Yeah. So they get there. They won't let him in the press conference until Bella shows up. And she's like, I'm here to write an article about how hotels treat people in wheelchairs. And the guy's like, okay, go. He's like, oh, fuck. Um, We know it's not well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then we get the fucking Roman holiday moment where... It's a press conference. William enters the press pool and asks her questions if... You know, she would ever, ever, ever forgive him if he apologized really, 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 really hard. And of course. If they could ever be more than just friends. And she says yes. Yes. And then they get married, and then they have babies, and then there's red carpet. No, married, red carpet, babies, like five Frodo endings, the end. (laughs) Mic drop. I still want to know whose children are, like, who owns those children. (laughs) Because, like, okay, they spent a lot of time showing us that little ginger kid. Yeah. Oh, they were they were spiking um, Honey's children. Oh, I hope so. They had to be ginger? Yes. Although that they were really old to be. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they adopted some gingers. Ship it. <laughs> I mean, I shipped them together anyway. They were a better relationship and one built on better morals and foundations than this one. When would you say that the characters fell in love? I feel like they were playing off of it being like at first sight. Because I don't know. Do you know? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. They had cute dates. They had some moments. But like a real like we're in love. We can't. There I, will, was I will go down with this ship. I don't there know. There was no, like, heart. She leaves to, before you, then. Yeah. It's just, like, half the time he's falling in love with this fantasy of her. Yeah. And even then, you're not feeling anything genuine from Hugh Grant. 
Sorry, Hugh Grant is a terrible actor. Boom, 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 boom. I never needed anyone. All by myself. Don't Don't want to be all by myself anymore. Do you want to do a dramatic reading? Do you have a favorite line? Lines. Well, do you want me to be American or British? Oh, you know I love it when you're British. Okay, then I'll be William. Yes. We're going to do a dramatic reading now because we have some certain fans who like it when we do dramatic readings in British accents. Oh, we do? Peter! (gasps) He does? He does. I'm sorry I didn't know this. He loves it. He loves it. Okay. Ashley's going to be William. I'm going to be the American. You're going to be Merkin? I don't talk like this. <laughs> no, that's only for Andy McDowell. Yeah. <gasps> Whoopsie daisies. What did you just say? Nothing. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You said whoopsie daisies. I don't think so. No one says whoopsie daisies, do they? Unless they are. There is no unless. No one has said whoopsie daisies for 50 years. And even then it was only little curls with blonde ringlets. Exactly. Here we go again. He falls on the fence again. (laughs) Whoopsie daisies, it's a disease I've got. It's a clinical thing. I'm taking pills and having injections. It won't last long. Hilarious. Scene. (laughs) I mean, that's like... Mm. That's as Mm. as funny as it gets Mm. in the beginning. It's beautiful. Wonderful. (laughs) Whoopsie daisies. Are you ready to rate this film? I am 100% ready to rate this film. Do it. I rate this film one and a half gray little undies. <laughs> because the ladies like gray. The ladies like gray. We grab a crotch and, <laughs> and look at that nice firm buttocks. Firm buttocks. <laughs> Best character in the movie. Yep. Okay, I'm going to rate this movie one comical yet sexual Ooh. t-shirts. Oh! Brilliant, brilliant (laughs) snaps, snaps. (laughs) Ashley, we have a mailbag. We got an iTunes review from Noelle, who posts Heil on Life. What's up, Noelle? Noelle, Lady Pod Squad killer. I mean, she's killing it, like seriously. She's part of the squad. She is the squad. She has squad goals. She's got squad goals. Now we got bad (laughs) blood. Hey, hey. We'll never get through an episode where we don't sing that. <laughs> I that's my new mission. Challenge accepted. Oh shit. <laughs> they completely forgotten in two weeks. Um the title of this review is Love It. <laughs> A podcast that focuses on rom com movies? Yes. I love hearing Ashley and Justine discuss rom coms, especially since they seem to know about editing techniques used in films. <laughs> I like that we seem to know. <laughs> seem to know. I mean, it is all subjective, guys. Yeah. It, I mean, that's all editing is. <laughs> it really is. It is like sitting in a cage and going like this, squinting mm-hmm. and like somewhat agreeing with your work. Yes. <laughs> Something I wouldn't notice is weird. They'll point out and I'll have an aha moment. I look forward to hearing more and more episodes from these two hilarious ladies. Oh, that's so nice. She's so nice. She's lovely. Follow her on Twitter because, oh my God, she's so bomb at giving um, 
podcast recommendations. Mm -hmm. If you're ever needing one, she's the woman to go to. Yeah. Next time on the podcast, we're watching 1999's Sexo Pudori Lagrimas. What was that? It's in, it's Spanish. Oh, it's Spanish? Spanish. En español. Is it... Where is it? Where is the movie from? Um, I think it's Mexican, actually. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. And our, our last movie of the 99s. Oh, cool. We get to end on a Ford film. Yes. I like that. Yes. If you like this podcast, become a patron on Patreon. You can support us at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. I want to shout out our patrons this month. Shout out to Nicole. Shout out to Jaslyn. That's how we have to say her name from now on. Jaslyn with the Jazz Hands. <laughs> we love you guys so much. We are going to be mailing you goodies. I mean, by the time you hear this, maybe you'll have them, but maybe not. But it's happening because uh, you guys rock. Wow. Our website is thecutaways.com. And you can find us also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. And you can leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us, which we would really, 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 really appreciate um, because we love the feedback. And Even if it's just one star that we <laughs> haven't found yet. One person leaving one mysterious star. We hear you. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be better. No, we won't. No. Um, we don't pander to the minority groups. <laughs> uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on any of your favorite podcatchers. Let us know. We'll be there for you. We're, uh... I'll be there for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want more of us, we've done a ton of guest episodes lately on other podcasts. So, again, hit up our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to find out those. It's been a lot. Yeah. Thanks, Ashley. Oh, thanks, Justine. Thank you. Thank you for not being on fire. <laughs> Thank you. How come I just left fire and I come here and there's more fire? Conspiracy. Bring fire. The, po the political conversation and the conspiracy. That's my job. That girl is on fire. What is that? This girl is on fire. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining the slumber party. Bye. Hi, I'm Nicole. Sarah. Hillary. And we're the hosts of the Feminine Mistake Podcast. Each month, we sit down with a guest to watch movies that are 20 years or older. And see how they hold up to today's modern feminist lens. Why do mermaids have such low self-esteem? Why is it so funny when men take care of babies? What exactly did Jenny die of in Love Story? These are the kind of hard questions we ask ourselves on the Feminine Mistake Podcast. The Feminine Mistake Podcast. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podbean. Do you guys think that was okay? Yeah, I don't know. We sounded kind of shrill. Really? Yeah, women's voices are just so grating on the radio. Yeah. Oh, man, you're right. Yeah, I mean, have you ever heard those guys over at the Nerdist or last podcast on the left? I mean, they're just biologically more funny than we are. That's so true. Yeah.